Chapter One of Guy Fawkes or a complete history of the gunpowder treason a.d. 1605 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org guy fawkes or a complete history of the gunpowder treason a.d. 1605 by thomas lathbury chapter 1 a sketch of papal attempts in england and ireland during the reign of elizabeth the state of religion and the country on james's accession as an introduction to the subject of which this volume professes more especially to treat i purpose to give a sketch of the proceedings of the emissaries of rome in this country during the long reign of queen elizabeth queen mary died a d fifteen fifty eight when her sister elizabeth succeeded her on the throne paul the fourth at this time occupied the papal chair but in less than a year after her accession he was removed by death and was succeeded by pius the fourth both these pontiffs were quiet and moderate men compared with several of those who came after them at all events they did not proceed to those extremities to which their successors resorted there were indeed parties in the court of rome who laboured to induce these pontiffs to excommunicate the queen as a heretic and a usurper but recollecting the fatal consequences which had issued from the hasty proceedings of clement against henry the eighth or probably imagining that greater benefits would result from gentle than from violent measures they pursued a moderate course exhorting the queen to return to her allegiance to the see of rome and even making promises of concessions respecting the reformation in fifteen sixty six pius v was promoted to the papal chair in a very brief space he gave indications of a departure from the moderate counsels of his two immediate predecessors the efforts of philip the second of spain were also during the early years of this reign directed to the same object with those of paul the fourth and pius the fourth the king was anxious to marry elizabeth in order that he might exercise his influence in england and as long as he could entertain a hope that his wishes would be realized he seconded the moderate measures of the roman pontiff his expectations on this subject were destined to disappointment when perceiving that a marriage with a queen was out of the question he directed his attention towards the accomplishment of his designs on this country by other means than those of treaty and diplomacy as soon as pius v was fixed in the papal chair a different line of policy therefore was pursued towards england some few years indeed elapsed before the queen was actually excommunicated but conspiracies and treasons were contrived at rome with a view to their execution as soon as suitable persons could be found for the purpose pius v was the pontiff by whom the bull of excommunication against elizabeth was issued the document was dated march fifteen sixty nine or fifteen seventy according to the present mode of computation hitherto the court of rome had abstained from any direct attempt against the queen and the country 
but from this time plots were contrived and treasons planned in rapid succession for when one scheme was frustrated by the vigilance of the government another was adopted so that the whole reign of elizabeth with the exception of the early portion of it was constantly developing some machination or other devised by the emissaries of rome at the head of the confederacy against the queen were the pope and the king of spain who hated her with the most deadly hatred the former because she was the chief stay of the reformation the latter because she was an obstacle to the prosecution of his designs on this country footnote i subjoin a few extracts from the bull issued against elizabeth it was entitled the damnation and excommunication of queen elizabeth it commenced thus he that reigneth on high committed one holy catholic and apostolic church out of which there is no salvation to one alone upon earth namely to peter and to peter's successor the bishop of rome him alone he made prince over all people and all kingdoms to pluck up destroy scatter consume plant and build that he may contain the faithful that are knit together with the band of charity in the unity of the spirit then after an enumeration of elizabeth's alleged crimes against the holy see his holiness proceeds we do out of the fullness of our apostolic power declare the aforesaid elizabeth being a heretic and a favourer of heretics to have incurred the sentence of anathema and to be cut off from the unity of the body of christ and moreover we do declare her to be deprived of her pretended title to the kingdom aforesaid and of all dominion dignity and privilege and also the nobility subjects and people of the said kingdom and all others who have in any sort sworn unto her to be for ever absolved from any such oath and we do command and interdict all and every the noblemen subjects and people that they presume not to obey her or her monitions mandates and laws it is necessary to give these extracts in the outset in order that it may be seen that the gunpowder treason and almost all other treasons in the reigns of elizabeth and james flowed from the doctrines thus promulgated by the papal see End of footnote. the first act of rebellion was the attempt of the earls of westmoreland and northumberland this was soon after the bull was issued in all the treasons and rebellions of this reign some of the priests of rome were more or less concerned and these two earls were instigated to the attempt by morton an englishman and a priest who was sent into england by the pope himself for the express purpose of stirring up rebellion this design however was strangled in its birth and its promoters paid the penalty of their lives in fifteen seventy six pius v paid the debt of nature and was succeeded by gregory the thirteenth who did not depart from the practices of his predecessor stukeley another subject of the queen's was authorized to go into ireland by his holiness and the king of spain and the pope had the presumption to pretend to confer the title of marquis and earl of several places in that country 
he was commissioned to stir up rebellion the pope engaging to supply men and the king of spain promising supplies of money the purpose was however defeated but the next year several individuals were actually sent into ireland accompanied as usual by sanders a priest who was possessed with legantine authority from his holiness to encourage the irish a banner consecrated by the pope was sent over and every other means was resorted to which the most inveterate enmity could devise the pontiff also sent them his apostolical benediction granting to all who should fall in the attempt against the heretics a plenary indulgence for all their sins and the same privileges as were conferred on those who fell in battle against the turks sanders however died miserably and the attempt completely failed it was about the year fifteen eighty that the seminary priests who were so designated from the circumstance of being trained in certain seminaries on the continent instituted especially for english priests began to come over into england for the express purpose of enforcing the bull of excommunication against the queen these men were natives of england though educated on the continent they assumed various disguises on their arrival travelling from place to place to promote the grand design which had been projected at rome they endeavoured to execute the bull by making various attempts upon the queen's life from which however she was mercifully delivered two points were constantly kept in view the one to stir up dissensions at home among the queen's subjects the other to induce the papal sovereigns to promise men and arms whenever it should be deemed desirable to make a descent on the country many of these men were executed as traitors though the romanists pretend that they were martyrs for their religion footnote for a full discussion of the question whether the priests and others who suffered death at this period and subsequently were punished for religion or for treason the author's work the state of popery and jesuitism in england may be consulted in that work i have entered fully into the subject and have proved that all the parties who suffered were executed for treason End footnote. it is true that their religious views led them into treason and rebellion yet they were no more martyrs for their faith than the murderer who was executed at tyburn parsons and campion were the leaders of this body the former escaped to the continent the latter was taken and executed for his treasonable practices it is constantly asserted by roman catholic writers that the priests who suffered during this reign were martyrs to the faith and the inference is attempted to be drawn that the church of england is as much exposed to the charge of persecution as the church of rome one thing is certain however that whether the advisers of elizabeth were justified in their course or otherwise they did not consider that they were putting men to death for religion but on the other hand the martyrs under queen mary were committed to the flames as heretics not as traitors or offenders against the laws of the land when therefore romanist writers attempt to draw a parallel between the martyrs of the anglican church under queen mary and the priests who suffered in the reign of elizabeth 
it is a sufficient answer to their cavils to allege the fact that the former were put to death according to the mode prescribed in cases of heresy which was an offence against religion the latter were tried and executed for treason which is an offence against the state it is the remark of archbishop tillotson that we have found by experience that ever since the reformation they have continually been pecking at the foundations of our peace and religion when god knows we have been so far from thirsting after their blood that we did not so much as desire their disquiet but in order to our own necessary safety and indeed to theirs in fifteen eighty three somerville attempted to kill the queen the plot was discovered and its author only escaped a public execution by strangling himself in prison in fifteen eighty five another plot was revealed parry who had been employed on the continent came into england with a fixed determination to take the life of the queen to this act he was instigated by the pope who sent him his benediction with a plenary indulgence for his sins he was discovered and condemned on his trial he produced the pope's letter which had been penned by one of the cardinals at this time when it was found that all the plots were secretly contrived or supported by the seminary priests certain severe statutes were enacted the priests whose only occupation in england was to stir up rebellion were commanded to quit the country or be subjected to the charge of treason these enactments were absolutely necessary for every priest was a traitor nor was it possible that it should have been otherwise where the pope himself encouraged them in their designs during this year sixtus v was elected pope in the room of gregory the thirteenth this pontiff walked in the steps of his immediate predecessors it should be stated that at this time the doctrine was inculcated that it was meritorious to kill heretics and those who were excommunicated to die therefore in any such attempts as those to which i have alluded was deemed the readiest way to the crown of martyrdom which was coveted by many members of the church of rome when such doctrines were believed we cannot be surprised that so many treasons and rebellions were contrived in fifteen eighty six the life of the queen was attempted by babington the plot was discovered and he and several of his accomplices were executed and thus it became necessary to frame new laws to prevent the plots of the seminary priests who flocked into england for the sole purpose of exciting rebellion a statute was therefore passed by which it was made treason for any one who had been ordained a priest by authority of the see of rome since elizabeth's accession to come into her dominions this act was charged with cruelty at the time and the charge is still repeated not only by romanists but by many other writers and yet the act was absolutely necessary in self-defence it was intended to keep the priests out of the country since their coming always issued in treason and the consequent loss of their lives let it be remembered that the laws against recusants were not enacted until the treasons of campion parry and others had rendered such a step on the part of the government unavoidable the course adopted to prevent the coming of the priests was a merciful one 
for it was supposed that they would not venture into england at the peril of their lives it was also a reasonable one since no sovereign was ever known to permit men to reside in his dominions who denied that he was the lawful prince and who endeavoured to withdraw his subjects from their allegiance or to stir them up to rebellion as early even as the reign of edward i to bring in a bull from rome was adjudged to be treason footnote by the twenty seventh elizabeth c two it was enacted because jesuits seminary priests or other priests come over into this realm of england of purpose as it hath appeared by sundry of their own examinations and confessions not only to withdraw her highness's subjects from their due obedience but also to stir up and move sedition rebellion and open hostility to the utter ruin desolation and overthrow of the whole realm if the same be not the sooner by some good means foreseen and prevented that it shall not be lawful for any jesuit seminary priest or other such priest being born within this realm ordained by any authority derived from the see of rome to come into be or remain in any part of this realm and if he do that then every such offence shall be taken and adjudged to be high treason and every person so offending shall for his offence be adjudged a traitor this statute was rendered necessary by the treasonable practices of the priests had they not been engaged in such practices the statute never would have been devised the only way in which it can be said that such priests suffered for religion is this namely that their religion led them into treason but this would be to charge all their sufferings upon the church of rome herself which is indeed the fact though romanists will not admit it End of footnote. the next year a similar plot which was devised by an englishman of the name of moody was brought to light all these attempts were directed against elizabeth herself and though englishmen were the traitors who engaged to carry the plots into execution yet they were encouraged in their work and supported both by the pope and the king of spain the intention of the papal party was to dethrone elizabeth and seat mary queen of scots on the throne no one will justify elizabeth in taking the life of mary but it may be observed that if no attempts had been made against the queen's life and if the court of rome had acted justly and honourably the ministers of elizabeth would never have recommended the execution of that unfortunate queen her death must be attributed to romish principles and to the papal attacks on the protestant religion footnote at this time cardinal allen an englishman published a defence of stanley's treason maintaining that in consequence of the queen's excommunication and heresy it was not only lawful but a duty to deprive her of the kingdom End footnote the year fifteen eighty eight is memorable in english history for the defeat of the spanish armada impiously called the invincible armada several years were occupied in its preparation 
and the enemies of england expected to overwhelm the country by one stroke at this time the pope issued another bull against the queen in which it was pretended that she was deprived of her royal dignity and kingdom while her subjects were absolved from their allegiance the same document commands all englishmen to unite with the spaniards on their landing and to submit themselves to the spanish general ample rewards also are promised to any who shall deliver the proscribed woman as she is termed into the hands of the papal party while a full pardon was granted to all who should engage in the enterprise it was determined that king philip should hold the kingdom in fee from the pope to accomplish their purpose the armada was fitted out though king philip was the individual by whom the armada was fitted out yet he was encouraged in the designed invasion by the pope as well as by the english fugitives on the continent headed by sir william stanley the war with portugal had for some years prevented philip from bending all his energies towards the conquest of england being successful in his attempts on his neighbours and also in the east indies it was argued by his flatterers that equal success would attend his efforts against england nor was another argument forgotten as a spur to his diligence namely that the conquest of england with the consequent re-establishment of popery would be an acceptable service to god who had given him his great success against his enemies and that no action could be more meritorious it is stated that a hundred monks and jesuits accompanied the expedition while cardinal allen an englishman was appointed superintendent of ecclesiastical affairs throughout england after having suffered much from the fire of the english fleet as well as from the violence of the tempests many of their ships being disabled it was determined to attempt to return home through the northern ocean at this time the powder of the english fleet was almost exhausted so that the departure of the spanish vessels at this juncture must be regarded as an interposition of divine providence in favour of our country many of the vessels which thus escaped from the english fleet never reached the coast of spain being wrecked in different places elizabeth displayed a most magnanimous spirit during the time that the armada was hovering around our coasts she addressed the army in terms calculated to inspire them with confidence and to endear them to her person a solemn fast had been observed when the danger threatened and when the deliverance of the country was manifest a solemn thanksgiving was offered up in st paul's cathedral on the eighth of september when some of the spanish ensigns lately taken were hung about the church on sunday september twenty fourth the queen herself proceeded to st paul's and on arriving at the west door she knelt down within the church and in an audible voice praised god as her only defender against her enemies it was further ordered that the nineteenth of november should be observed as a day of thanksgiving throughout the country which day was annually commemorated during the reign of elizabeth footnote several medals were stamped in commemoration of the defeat one bore this inscription under a fleet flying with full sails venit vidit fugit another the following 
dux fomina facti several medals were also stamped in the low countries End footnote. in fifteen ninety urban the seventh became pope he was succeeded in a very brief space by gregory the fourteenth who was also speedily succeeded by innocent the ninth nor did innocent occupy the papal chair for any lengthened period in consequence of the defeat of the armada and also of the rapid changes in the holy see three popes having died within the space of eighteen months there was a slight cessation from the attempts against elizabeth in fifteen ninety two clement the eighth was elevated to the popedom and under his auspices there was a revival of the previous practices which had not been given up but merely relinquished for a season during the years fifteen ninety two fifteen ninety three and fifteen ninety four several persons were commissioned by the court of rome to raise rebellions in england and to poison or assassinate the queen the watchful eye of providence however was extended over the country and the queen every plot was discovered every hostile design failed and the only sufferers were the traitors themselves patrick cullen received absolution and the sacrament a d fifteen ninety two from the jesuit holt by whom it was determined to be a meritorious deed to kill the queen and in fifteen ninety four williams and york came over to england for the same purpose having first received the sacrament in the jesuits college in the year fifteen ninety seven squire came over from spain with the same object in view namely the assassination of the queen he was also instigated by walpole a jesuit from whom he received the sacrament under a promise to put the project in execution and then conceal the deed it was observed by sir edward coke that since the jesuits set foot in england there never passed four years without a pernicious treason about this time the english fleet obtained a most decisive victory over the spanish in fifteen ninety eight philip of spain the great enemy of england was removed by death from the scene in which he had for so many years acted so conspicuous yet inglorious a part in fifteen ninety nine and sixteen hundred a rebellion was headed in ireland by ter owen this rebel chief was as usual encouraged by the pope who sent him a plume of feathers as a token of his favour in sixteen o three the queen died in peace from the preceding abstract it will appear that from the year fifteen seventy to sixteen hundred queen elizabeth and the protestant religion were constantly exposed to the machinations of the active partisans of the roman see who were encouraged by the pope himself every pontiff pursued the same course there was a settled purpose at rome and indeed throughout the whole romish confederacy to dethrone elizabeth and overturn the anglican church nor is it a libel on the church of rome to say that in all these proceedings she acted on recognized principles principles which had received the solemn sanction of her councils to root out heresy by any means within their reach was deemed or at all events was asserted to be a sacred duty incumbent on all the members of the church of rome 
the doctrine may be denied in the present day when times and circumstances do not permit of its being carried out into practice but unquestionably it was not merely believed as an article of faith in the days of elizabeth for we have seen that the attempt was made to enforce the bull which was issued against the queen james i succeeded to the throne at a period when the eyes of romanists were fastened on england as their prey during the latter years of elizabeth the emissaries of rome were comparatively quiet in the hope that james from a feeling of filial reverence toward the memory of his unfortunate mother would not be unfavorably disposed towards their church it is certain however that a plot was in agitation before the death of elizabeth being managed by some of those individuals who were impatient of waiting the course of events on the queen's death the confessions and examinations of the conspirators show that the powder plot was partly contrived before james's accession several of their number went into spain to stir up the spanish court against the queen and to request a foreign army for the subjugation of england the death of elizabeth took place while those proceedings were going forward on the continent and was the means of suspending the operations of the conspirators for a season as soon as james accession was known the king of spain endeavored to enter into a negotiation for peace so that the conspirators were not at this time openly favored by that monarch it was supposed that some concessions might be obtained from james in favor of his roman catholic subjects but in a very short space the leaders of the conspiracy discovered that they were not likely to gain much by negotiation unquestionably the romanist party in england endeavored to induce the king of spain to attempt an invasion of the country and it is equally certain that their solicitations would have been taken into serious consideration if queen elizabeth had not died had the project of invasion been realized the conspirators would not have proceeded to execute the gunpowder plot on the accession of james therefore there was a calm but it was deceptive it was only the calm before the storm and to the eye of the careful observer it indicated anything but prosperity and tranquillity it was evident to most men of reflection that the storm was gathering nay there were indications of its approach though no one knew how or where it would burst forth the rolling of the thunder was as it were heard in the distance though whether it would approach nearer or pass away altogether was a question which no one could determine i have glanced at the various treasons with which the whole reign of elizabeth was so pregnant and the principles from which they flowed have also been slightly alluded to namely the principles of the church of rome respecting the punishment of heresy and the keeping faith with heretics the doctrine of the church of rome on this subject as expounded by the jesuits and especially by parsons who at this period was one of the prime movers of every conspiracy against the english sovereign was this namely that if any prince should turn aside from the church of rome 
he would forfeit his royal power and that this result would follow from the law itself both human and divine even before any sentence was passed upon him by the supreme pastor or judge this doctrine was a consequence of the papal supremacy the doctrine of the supremacy is this that the bishops of rome as successors of saint peter have authority derived to them from christ himself over all churches and kingdoms and princes that in consequence of this power they may depose kings and absolve their subjects from their allegiance bestowing the kingdom of the offender on another that excommunicated princes are not to be obeyed and that to rise in arms against them or to put them to death is not only lawful but meritorious acting on these principles clement the eighth issued certain bulls in which he called upon all members of the church of rome to use their exertions for the purpose of preventing the accession of james whenever queen elizabeth should depart this life under such circumstances was james the first called to the throne the papal party were resolved on the execution of their designs and the pope and the king of spain were so far implicated that they were fully aware if not of the particular nature of the intended plot yet that certain schemes would be resorted to for the accomplishment of the grand object which was the subjugation of england to the papal yoke had the conspirators been successful they would have been furnished with all necessary supplies for their purpose by the court of rome and those states which were in alliance with the holy see such a combination could not have been defeated by human means especially as the plot was carried on with the utmost secrecy but the watchful eye of divine providence was fixed on the country and the designs of its enemies as will be shown in this narrative were mercifully frustrated the bulls above alluded to were to be kept secret as long as the queen survived they were addressed to the clergy the nobility and the commons who were exhorted not to receive any sovereign whose accession would not be agreeable to the pope the reasons assigned by his holiness for recommending such a course were the honour of god and the restoration of the true religion and the salvation of immortal souls the cardinal d'assat to whom they were at first entrusted wrote to king james on the subject expressing a hope that he would openly profess the religion of his mother it will be seen in a subsequent chapter that these bulls were committed to garnet who confessed that they had been in his possession and by whom they were destroyed when it was found to be impossible to prevent james from succeeding to the english throne never perhaps in the history of the world was a sovereign delivered from more conspiracies than queen elizabeth the efforts of her enemies were unceasingly directed to one object and that object was the queen's death not only were private individuals instigated to attempt her destruction but the most extensive confederacies were entered into by almost all the papal sovereigns of europe a remarkable circumstance is related of the hopes and intentions of the spaniards in the event of success in the armada a spanish officer who was taken prisoner was examined before the privy council 
he confessed that their object in coming was to subjugate the nation to the yoke of spain and the church to that of the pope he was asked by some of the lords what they intended to do with the catholics as some must necessarily have fallen to which question he promptly replied that they meant to send them directly to heaven even as they should have sent the heretics to hell this statement rests on the authority of the chaplain to the army it was revealed to him in order that he might publish it the next day in his sermon to the troops he states that by commandment of the council he did publish it to the army in those days there were no newspapers nor was it then so easy to communicate intelligence by placards or bills we find therefore that the pulpit was often made a vehicle for publishing the common news of the day at a subsequent period during the commotions between charles i and his parliament when the latter obtained possession of most of the pulpits they were the only channels through which many of the people were made acquainted with the progress of the war whatever had occurred during the week was published to the people from the pulpit on the sunday footnote for a description of the proceedings of the parliamentary divines in publishing the news of the day from the pulpits during the civil war the reader is referred to my former work a history of the english episcopacy from sixteen forty to sixteen sixty end footnote king james therefore succeeded to the english crown at a period when the pope and the papal sovereigns entertained the most sanguine hopes of re-establishing popery in this country and when numbers of jesuits and their disciples were ready to execute any treason which might be concocted End of chapter 1